Are you expecting a witty hook? Well, you're not going to get one. You're just going to have to give us the benefit of the doubt on this episode. Welcome to Wikipedia Podcast. Wikipedia Podcast is a ministry of enemies within the church, and I'm Pastor Sam, and of course I'm joined like always with Kyle Witt and Micah Sample. How are you guys doing today? Uh, we're doing pretty good today, Sam. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here again to talk about more, well, more good stuff. At least we hope it's good. We hope it's helpful to you listening. Uh I- even if you're woke, we hope that uh, gives you something to think about and uh, to repent of. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, Sam, um, I was giving you the benefit of the doubt and thinking that you'd come up with a clever hook, but I see that I was wrong for doing that. So I'm going to have to repent of that. But uh, yeah. no, just kidding. I, I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to get to, to talk into uh, our subject today, which is, in fact, the benefit of the doubt and how the woke abuse it. So Stay tuned, guys, for this episode today of the Wikipedia podcast. Um, settle in with a nice hot chocolate. It is December. It is Christmas season, as you can tell by Sam's background. So, yeah, stay with us a while. Take your coat off. Absolutely. I mean, unless it's really cold in your house, then you can keep your coat on. That's fine. Or if you're outside walking, like keep your coat on. But uh, I- I- anyway. No, you have to take it off. Don't you guys listen to podcasts <laughs> when you're walking? I do. But uh, it, it, anyway, you know, last time we, we went on this mini series, we talked about how the woke abuse sympathy, and and, and they really do do that, and uh, they they have continued to do that. But that's not their only abuse, and it's it's kind of there's some irony here because you know a lot of times they kind of sound the siren on abuse sometimes when there's not abuse there, uh, but in reality, the woke are some of the biggest abusers, wouldn't you say, Kyle? <laughs> One hundred percent hypocritical and abusers. They're always I mean, they're giving into leftist ideologies. And what is the left famous for rules for thee and not for me? We're allowed to do this. But if you do it, no, you're evil. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the reality is. Yeah, absolutely. The, The reality of it is that um, they, they think that in order to... The way that they frame things is through this idea of the benefit of the doubt, which, of course, um, you know, we kind of hear that phrase and we think that's a positive thing because it's like, well, you know, don't you want to not assume that people are, you know, sinning? Don't you want to... Because what if, what if you were accused of something falsely and you know, wouldn't you want people to be uh, at your defense? Um, but, you know, it, it is a two-edged sword because, yes, on the one hand, um, we do, I mean, even in our law legal system, we do have the presumption of innocence before being proven guilty, but not to the degree that once there's proof of guilt that we just disregard that, but that's exactly what we see with the woke, you know? <laughs> so, um, if they ran the legal systems, uh, the jails would be totally empty and the streets would be filled with criminals. <laughs> oh, so like yeah. Seattle? Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Or any woke city, you know, New York City, San Francisco, all, all the all the above or uh, Illinois, you know, coming up this next year uh, with the, the new law that was passed. That's going to free a bunch of people um, that were convicted of various crimes. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. You, you know, I, I still think Seattle prefers to be called the autonomous zone. You know, what was it? Uh, Chad or Chaz, <laughs> Chaz or whatever. It was Chaz. Yeah, yeah, the uh, with that autonomous zone, but uh, you you know you you look at this. What are some of the benefits that the woke gain from abusing this uh, benefit of the doubt? Um, you know, no pun intended there by looking at the benefits. <laughs> but but what are what are some of the benefits that they get from this? What 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 is it that they gain? Well, I mean, all, the ultimate goal of of any sort of manipulation is to try and get someone onto your side, right? You know, your your first objective is. Maybe through this, I can get you to suspend your your reasoning, and you'll join my side. But that that's not the only thing that they you know that's not the only reason. There's there's other benefits that they gain 
by by abusing this within you this this uh this giving of of some benefit uh i mean to get you to convert to something what do you have to do you have to get someone to lower their defenses and has that been something that we've seen happening in the evangelical world in in this country with uh woke stuff is trying to get people to lower their fences. Has that happened? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think an example of that, I mean, with uh, homosexuality uh, in particular, we see that because people are always like, well, you know, Jesus, you know, tells us to, to love our neighbors and, and judge not lest ye be judged. And, you know, quoting all kinds of verses totally out of context in order to say that ultimately, you know, this sin is just like every other sin. And so we don't need to be worried about it as Christians. Well, that's just... What has that led to? Well, in various denominations, PCUSA and the United Methodist Church, which is splitting over that very issue, um, it's led to acceptance of sodomy as something that isn't, they don't think it's a sin anymore. Um, and so you kind of see, uh, I mean, people will say, well, that's a slippery slope fallacy, but we see it in action. It's just true. It's just what's actually happening. Um, it's a description of reality. And uh, so, yeah, the benefit of the doubt uh, can lead to very dark places, to the, ultimately to the affirmation of sin if it's abused in this way. So, yeah, I, I totally echo what you guys are saying right now. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they really do lower defenses uh, terribly with the benefit of the doubt. And that's, that, that's ultimately been probably the biggest way that I've seen this come up. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I've actually seen this whole, this abuse of the benefit of the doubt, maybe more than any other abuse that we've uh, really thought about for this mini series. And and it's amazing because, you know, I've been doing podcasts about, about the woke since uh, 2018. So I've been doing it here for a little while. That's ancient, ancient in podcast years, actually, uh, to go and to look at that. And um, when, when you look at that, I, I can't tell you the amount of conversations that I've had with people who, after going and presenting information, uh, evidence that somebody is woke, I've had people come up to me and say, well, you, you know, the, the, that's not really what they meant. They, they didn't mean that, you know, what? <laughs> When they said that thing, you know, that's not really what they mean. I mean, they're, they're not really woke and, you know, you just, you just need to give them the benefit of the doubt. You're not, you're, you're not reading it charitably. I, I if I could have a dollar for every time I've heard that one, um, it, 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 it's one of those things where it's, it seems like it's almost their only defense is that, you know, but you just need to give them the benefit of the doubt. I know that they're, you know, marching with black lives matter, but they're not woke. And things like that. I mean, have you, have you guys encountered this this abuse quite a bit as well? Oh yeah. I mean, that again, like you said, I think that's the most common objection that I've run into. You know, doing this 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 work, working with Wikipedia, and you know, even things before that, is is that same exact thing. And mm-hmm. it's not so. And you clarified this, but I, I want to clarify. You know, double down on that clarification. We're not talking about a situation where they, you know, we're talking, having a discussion with someone and we're just making a claim that someone's woke. No, we're talking about here is information. You know, if we're going to use a legal analogy, uh, this is not uh, more likely than not. This is not a civil trial. This is a criminal trial. We've proven it beyond a reasonable doubt. There, Here's all the hard evidence. Here's multiple times they've clarified that yes they hold to this position these are the tenets they're embracing this is what they're teaching you present all that and then they go well you know that's a really uncharitable way to interpret things <laughs> it's like but i'm not interpreting things i'm giving you the the information like it, yeah. this is their own mouth saying these right. things yeah I, well, I mean, personally, um, when I was uh, a member of College Park Church in Indianapolis, a mega church there, um, there th- they were going off in a woke direction. Their pastor, Mark Rogup, was publishing, you know, articles and resources that are still up on his website. 
um, on racial uh, reconciliation. And he, he literally promoted books like White Fragility, which is the most anti-white racist book I think I've ever seen, and Woke Church, which is an abuse of, um, it, well, it's, it's, it's critical race theory. So it's an abuse of, um, of so many different things. And what I kept hearing when I was pointing some of this stuff out at the beginning was, well, I don't know if Pastor Mark really means that. I mean, I, I don't know if he's really, he's not a leftist. He's a conservative. You know, he's on the Gospel Coalition because that was supposed to convince me. Um, ironically, now that's a pretty good indicator that you're not. Um, but, the Social uh, Gospel Coalition? Yeah. The Social Gospel Coalition. That's right. But, uh, you know, that's what I saw. And that's what, that's what I kept hearing repeatedly when I started pointing things out until it got to the point where, um, you know, when I released a letter, uh, there were, you know, I, I got hundreds and hundreds of responses uh, of people who were leaving College Park Church because they finally saw it. Um, but, you know, the whole journey to that letter was filled with people saying, you know, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt and you got to constantly assume that they couldn't have possibly meant what they clearly meant, even given the evidence that you've got. And so <clears throat> that's just one microcosmic example of uh, of what we're seeing on a much larger scale in defense of the woke preachers, because that happens at so yeah. many different churches. It doesn't just happen at College Park Church. There was an um, there was another article, and I can't remember what it was about, but it was Christianity Today, and they cited my article in defense <laughs> of something at David Platt's church, um, which they took you know they they took my article as saying like oh this is just you know all these naysayers who who don't give people the benefit of benefit of the doubt, and this is what happened at their church, you know, and and the reality is that's what's going on all across. Um, the U.S. And I think that's the main response that we've gotten from people who are woke defenders um, when it comes to enemies within the church, the movie, and to all the work that we've done. I, 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 you know, you guys have both both said that and made that point. But just to reiterate that, I mean, it is it, it is so prevalent. It just is. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the first things that they do is they go in order to create this culture of the benefit of the doubt is that they demonize. And, and I, and I know that every one of us have experienced being demonized, um, <laughs> with this, uh, maybe, maybe more than what we would ever like to, uh, even really dive into. But, but I remember early on in, in doing this, and this is one of the first times I really encountered the benefit of the doubt. And this was somebody who was going and defending Russell Moore. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it was literally it, the evidence that was given was quote after quote after quote after quote after quote after quote after quote of what Russell Moore was saying within context too, like in 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 quotes from sermons, quotes from books, quotes from articles, and things like that. And the guy says, "Well, but have you read this book of his? Have you read this?" And, and I hadn't read that particular book, and so I said, "Well, no, I haven't." But what does that have to do with the evidence that's here? Like, I know he hasn't changed his positions. He's still going and and saying the same things. And of course, we know where Russell Moore has ended. Um, you know, I, the things that keep him up at night are are just incredible. But uh, but we we really <laughs> consider uh, that, and we see that what this guy was trying to do was the benefit of the doubt. Well, the, this guy at the time was a member of uh, of the church that I was pastoring, and he ends up going and leaving the church over this uh, over me doing a podcast. Uh, what wasn't the, wasn't the last, he might've been the first, but, uh, but he goes and, and he says, uh, afterwards he goes and he, he says, he says, look, I, I have to tell you, I, I, th I think you were right about this whole social justice thing. And he goes and he says, but you know, I still don't like what you're doing because I don't like your tone. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about tone at some point, aren't we? Yeah. We're going to have to be on the, the series of how the will manipulate. Right, the, but, the woke manipulate tone. Goodness, what don't they manipulate? Yeah, they're, well, the, it, it, <clears throat> they're the police. They're the <laughs> the tone <yeah>. Nazis. <laughs> right, and in the whole idea though is that they're, they're saying you know you're just being so judgmental. You're just being so judgmental, and yeah, I and, and I don't know how many times you guys have heard that. I, I mean, have you ever heard it before, Kyle? 
Yes, I I have. Uh, I mean, I think of an it's, it's just an example. For some reason, this pops into my mind immediately on uh, Southern Baptist Facebook group uh, that I'm a part of and comment on different things and post stuff. I gave uh, up on that group. <laughs> yeah, that group has some issues to say the least. But I, I was commenting on something and I was having a discussion with somebody. And basically anyone that didn't agree with them was a naysayer. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't agree with them, I was immediately a naysayer. And then they they went, and they're accusing me of sin in this. And that's something I find very interesting. So they'll start acu- like, accusing someone of being of judgmental. You're accusing them of some kind of sin. And I called him out on that, and he he's, his defense was, well, I just looked at your the posts you've made here, and you're the chief naysayer. <laughs> and didn't respond to anything else. So I'm like, okay. So you're going to accuse me of sin. You're not going to defend that sin. And the only thing you're going to say is that I'm the chief naysayer. Like, talk about hypocrisy. Like, defend your point. I'm giving you evidence and reason and and facts you can look at, yet you won't give any of that when you accuse me of sin. Chief naysayer. That sounds like a Native American name. Is that your Native American name, Kyle? Chief naysayer. I, well, I am. I am one one hundred twenty eighth native Cherokee. So, oh, that's wow, uh, you... that's even more than uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Mm. Kyle, chief naysayer, wit. That is. <laughs> uh, but I, no, I, I, I think that's interesting that you're saying some of that stuff. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Sam. Oh no, no, go for it. Go for it. Well, I think it's interesting that you're saying some of that stuff, Kyle. Like they're just demonizing this concept of being judgmental. The reality is that as Christians, we're called to like talk about the righteous judgments of God. And so it's not that we're the ones judging. We're not the ones doing that. We're declaring the judgments that God has already wrought upon sin. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. to say that judgment, but they act like judgment in general is just wrong. And even just a declaration <laughs> of what God himself has already said in his, in his word, even these people who would say that, you know, oh yeah, we're, we follow the Bible. Well, do you really, if you don't adhere to the judgments of God, like at all, like if you think that if your first response to somebody saying, okay, maybe being in this sort of sin isn't a good idea. If your first response is, well, judge not lest ye be judged. Don't you think that there's some cognitive dissonance going on there? You know, like just a little bit. And there is, there's a ton of cognitive dissonance going on with that. The reality is they, they're just, they use this as a, as a bludgeon, as a tool to just mm-hmm. slap all of us who have any kind of concern for what God's word actually has to say. Um, it's like they have never read Proverbs a day in their life because Proverbs talks about um, this. And of course, it, the Psalms, they've never read the Psalms either. I mean, if you read the Psalms, it's just filled with um, talk about how the ju- judgments of the Lord are pure. You know, these mm-hmm. these are things that we are to be desiring more than gold, more than honey from the comb. I mean, it's just, but, but th- the second you say anything about it, the second you point out, that there is a sin, a pattern of sin that is existing, that is um, leading to this woke, um, just uh, this this woke destruction of the church. Then you are uh, viola- You are apparently violating Jesus's commandment, um, judgment. You might say to not be the one judging. Um, yeah, yeah. But the reality yeah. is, what what was Jesus getting at? He's saying that you. you you don't he's basically getting at the idea of not being hypocritical so if you're going to accuse somebody else of sin then you've got to take the plank out of your own eye meaning you should not be guilty of that sin that you are talking about that somebody else is guilty of or else you are being a hypocrite so it's that's what he's really getting at but they they would call jesus judgmental for what he said um yeah I, i'm going off on on a big tangent and rant here but that's yeah it, it just it gets me fired up man you know, I'm listening to what you're saying, Micah, and I'm listening to what you're saying, Kyle. And I have to be honest, you guys sound like discernment bloggers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you mean blog- is, is that, bloggers? Is that, that another discern- one that they use? Is that another one mm-hmm. that they use quite a bit? Yeah, there? that's one of their pet insults. And it's, well, I don't think that's I, an this, insult. This just reminded me of, of, of something similar. It wasn't the same thing. He wasn't calling people discernment bloggers, but David French getting pushback on one of his recent ridiculous articles 
uh, he's been putting out many. You saw this he one constantly too. puts out ridiculous articles, but his response to pushback was try- to try and discredit the people. And this, that's all they do with the insults, calling people discernment bloggers. It's, oh, look at them. They're someone that you shouldn't listen to. And rather than engaging with criticism, he tried to show, oh, look, people that engage me, they haven't read my article. I had. <laughs> yeah. I, was I like, wish I hadn't. What, <laughs> what, yeah, what he posted didn't even prove that the people that were commenting didn't read his article. No. It, it, it's just an attempt to try and discredit, to insult, and get people to shut up. It, now, wait, I, hey, I have a question. Kyle, it sounds like you're not giving him the benefit of the doubt here. What, what, what's your question, Kyle? What's your question? <laughs> well, so w- people that do not give them this abused version, that do not fit into their uh, idea of giving the benefit of the doubt, are not allowed to just even speak on a topic. Are there people that are allowed? People that don't agree with them. Are there people that supposedly don't agree with them that are allowed to speak on the topics? You, you know, there there are. In fact, one of them that you mentioned was there, David French, uh, is definitely one who's, you know, allowed to speak uh, on the topics uh, there, um, even though he confuses, you know, the idea of impressions and comments on Twitter. But we, we don't need to get into that. Um, but one of those is, is one who is very gracious towards the woke. In fact, he's so gracious towards the woke, he goes to a woke church. Uh, when he goes to uh, J.D. Greer's church, Neil Shenvey. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, and, you know, actually, uh, speaking on, on Neil Shenvey, I, I want to take you guys back, I think it was about two years ago, to John Harris and uh, having a conversation that mattered. And, and, and oh, I don't, my goodness. I don't know that there's a man who is more gracious than John Harris. I'm just going to go out and say this. He's yeah. way nicer than me. If I would have been having this conversation, I, I mean, I would have ripped Neil Shenvey to shreds. But he had Neil Shenvey on his podcast, and he decided to talk about some of the differences. Because if you're not familiar with with Neil Shenvey, I, actually the first podcast I ever recorded, I quoted Shenvey in a positive light because he speaks out against critical theory and critical race theory, but he only does so in secular circles. He never calls out critical race theory or critical theory in the church. Never does at, it. He's always... At, yeah, at least not by name. Not He does, right. does not... There might be a vague inclination, but it's never like, you know, I'm going to put, I'm going to name uh, J.D. Greer. Well, it'd be awkward for him to name his pastor, but. That's why I pointed it out. It's a huge blind spot. Well, and and it's, if you would, if you would name it in the church, it would be something that would be extremely liberal that everybody already, not, not everybody already knows that is wrong, but most people know that are wrong. He would never say that it's actually in mainstream. And that's, yep. uh, that, that's one of the, the, the big issues, but John had him on his podcast. I don't know if you guys remember this. I, I, I vividly remember watching it live because I was so upset. They started talking about, uh, I, I believe it, it was, uh, Cone, James Cone and in his books and his theology. And they start going back and forth and back and forth on this. And John is literally reading and quoting the books but Shenvey wants to be so gracious and give so much of the benefit of the doubt to James Cohn. He's telling John, I, I, I haven't read the book, so I, I don't I don't believe that he said that. I, I don't believe that he said that. And John's going, I'm literally reading you the book right now. I'm literally reading you the book. And Shenvey keeps saying, well, you can't say that because I don't know it to be true. I, I, I don't know that. I don't know that. And he keeps appealing to ignorance. But with great irony, what is Neil Shenvey doing? He's giving one person the benefit of the doubt who has the evidence that they're wrong while simultaneously judging and not giving any of the benefit of the doubt to the person he's talking to. The person that he had just called a, uh, made a, a presentation, surprised him with this presentation of why he's a white supremacist. Yeah, a- after uh, agreeing that he wouldn't do something like that. Yeah, that... But the, again, the it's this rules for is... me, not for, or rules for thee, not for me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. just an example of how the people who push the woke narrative further, I mean, th- this is what you could, would call controlled opposition, because mm-hmm. there is a such thing as someone who is outright woke. 
right? There, there is someone who has mm-hmm. bought hook, line, and sinker into this ideology. Then there are also people who run um, interference for the narrative, saying basically trying to defend those who are fully woke from those who recognize what's really going on. And Neil Shenby is, I would say, I'm, I feel totally comfortable saying that he is, in fact, controlled opposition, meaning he claims to be against woke ideology um, and against critical theory um, of varying, varying sorts. But in reality, what he does is he runs that interference for all the people who push it. Yep. So in effect, he is still dragging the church farther left through his influence. All those people yep. who listen to Neil Shenby are being dragged farther left by listening to him. Um, because of this sort of thing. And then uh, obviously the false accusations of John Harris being a white supremacist is, those are just ridiculous allegations that have no basis in reality. And anybody who knows (laughs) John or talked to John would know. Um, There was a picture, Micah. There was a picture. picture, uh, Yeah, I mean, he was clearly wearing a Confederate uniform. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah. I mean, course, he might have been ten. No such thing is yeah. uh, doing well, a reenactment, but who needs context or details? Right, um, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, just forget the fact that there's a such thing as historical reenactments, and the fact that people of all kinds of different people do that. Um, there are Northerners who dress up as Southerners, you know, in, like John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in New York right now, you know, <laughs> um, a, I think anyway. Um, but the, the point is just that these accusations that they throw out there are ridiculous. And yet then they accuse us of not giving somebody the benefit yeah. of the doubt. Well, if you're going around calling somebody a white supremacist, which is a heavy and and a, a, a weighty um, insult and a bludgeon that you can use to destroy and tarnish the reputation of somebody. And yet you're you're upset because he's saying, well, this guy does like James Cone, so maybe he might like critical race theory, seeing as though James Cone was like the founder of black liberation theology. Don't you think maybe, maybe, just maybe there's a possibility? No, there's no possibility that anybody who likes James Cone is, is woke if they are uh, in this approved class of uh, evangelical elites. Well, you know, Micah, if... If you only heard them right, I mean, you're just not hearing them right. That's not really oh. what James Cone was teaching. Uh, oh. You're just not giving him the benefit of the doubt. You you know you you had your mind made up before you uh, really studied oh, out James Cone. No, that, that that's these are the kind of things uh, that they say. And I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you when you encounter this, it. It's kind of ridiculous because one of these guys that I've seen where they had this is Jonathan Lehman. So Jonathan Lehman is a guy who works with nine Marxist. I mean, nine marks. And <laughs> uh, as he, he goes and he, he works with that, that group, he goes and does a ton on church discipline. Right. And, and he, and, and I've even heard some of this stuff on church discipline. That's actually pretty solid. And people will go and, and talk about how great this is and things like that. But then when you talk about Jonathan Lehman and you bring up the fact that he's woke, it's amazing how many people will go and, you know, throw their hands up and say, oh, no, 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 he, he's, he couldn't be woke. And you're going, mm-hmm. well, he did stay on sa- stage that, you know, you could still be pro-life and vote for those who are pro-baby murder because there is life beyond the border as to what it's talking about. And so it basically saying, you know, you, you don't really need, you don't have a moral obligation to vote against those who would say it's okay to murder babies. It is basically what he's saying is that you don't have a moral obligation to do that. Well, well that's wow. extremely woke. And people say, well, I don't think you heard him right. Well, no, I've listened to the clip several times. I, I did hear him right. Um, and of course he also went to the London school of economics, which is, uh, you know, founded by Fabian socialists. And I mean, it's an incredibly um, woke school that almost produces exclusively uh, woke ideology and thought. Not that necessarily you are always the product of your school, but some of these dots really start to connect. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you don't yeah. say anything against the, the Marxism that originated from there at all, then that's a pretty good indicator of where your loyalties ideologically lie. You know, 
Kyle, I've got this question for you because we're talking a lot about the benefit of the doubt and uh, we're talking about how they abuse it. But in reality, what what is the benefit of the doubt? Could you run through quickly and, and just yeah. give us a pointer on what this is? Well, and that's that's the important thing. So why we're doing this and why we're talking about them abusing the benefit of the doubt is because they're creating, again, a culture, an idea of a manipulated Again, how they manipulate, a manipulated idea of what benefit of the doubt is. Now, I found a, I mean, you can find definitions. It's, it's fun. Idioms actually have definitions in, even in dictionaries. Uh, but a lot of them were really overly concise. But I did find one really good one that I think sums it up very elegantly, which is uh, benefit of the doubt, the withholding of judgment so as to retain a favorable or at least neutral opinion of someone or something when the full information about the subject is not yet available. For the benefit to be given, there has to be a doubt. There has mm. to be a question, missing context, missing information. Uh, it has to be a situation where there's a gap between the information you have and a conclusion. And it's when you run into that gap that you go, now I am going to suspend my final judgment until I fill that gap. And in the meantime, I'm going to give them a degree of benefit. But this is only benefit within the context of investigation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and you're talking about this idea of suspending that final judgment, but it's not saying that this person absolutely didn't do this X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And so everybody who thinks that there's evidence that they did are crazy. So th that's very, very key here to understand what it is so that we can understand what it is not. Uh, Sam, I think you were about to say something. What, what did yeah, you have to say? You know what, what really stood out to me here, guys, is that it says... The withholding of judgment so as to retain a favorable or at least neutral opinion. So something I think for our listeners to remember is that there is like two, two different phases, two different levels to the benefit of the doubt. There are some who are just trying to push you to actually have a favorable disposition of somebody who's woke. So an example of that might, would, might be uh, Matt Chandler. So he's, he's somebody who's woke. His church literally writes songs about microaggressions. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> like, like he's woke. I don't know what to tell people he, he's woke. He was on the panel. I believe that Bodie Bauckham got up and, and like threw his headset down and walked off from the gospel coalition, never to be seen from again in the gospel coalition, uh, going and saying that it was cultural Marxism calling him out. And they're having like this panel discussion Vody confronts them. They tell him he can't say that. He walks off and they continue this panel discussion with like, like, oh yeah, Vody's gone now, but they don't even like make mention of it. It's, it's, it's bizarre. But you've, you've got that where people actually want you to like that person. And then you have people who are overtly woke. Although, I mean, I would say Chandler is also overtly woke, but he's not as liked. <laughs> um, and there are some people who are, who are very overtly woke and they're not as likable and they're very open about it. They might even embrace the term woke, but they want you to maintain a neutral disposition of that person. So they're saying like, you, you know, you just don't have all the evidence. You haven't listened to every sermon that they've ever preached. You haven't read every book that they've ever written. You haven't done all this stuff. You just don't really know. You can't really come to that conclusion is what they're trying to go and tell you. And so you just need to be neutral. You need to have, you need to do more investigation. You just need to be more gracious. But I do find it interesting, guys, have you seen that as well, that sometimes they're only trying to push you to be neutral towards somebody and other times it's that they are very put off that you're not actually favorable towards somebody who's woke? Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's 100%. Uh, and, but, but that's, again, it's, it's what, what is the benefit that they gain by abusing this? Again, it's either they get you onto their side and sometimes they're overtly trying to do that, or they at least get you to be neutral. They get you to be neutered on the issue mm -hmm. to not take an actual stance. Now, what is key about what they're doing that's different than actual benefit of the doubt? 
actual, again, actual benefit of the doubt is investigatory. It's, well, I am doing this investigation. I am going to suspend final judgment. And I'm essentially going to lock in my, my position at the moment. I'm going to lock it in until I gain what? I remove that doubt. Mm-hmm. Do, I mean, Micah, you, you've mentioned a few situations, you know, like ones you've been involved with, uh, and, and people asking you, well, you're not giving the benefit of the doubt. Did those people ever help try and help remove that doubt? Or did they just try and get you to stay in a position of perpetual doubt? Um, I think that for the time being, it was an attempt to, um, I guess with College Park Church and, and Mark Rogup in particular, it was an attempt to, to get me to stay in the position of neutrality kind of forever, just perpetually so that, you know, I could have my own thoughts on the subject, but if I, if I make that, you know, public to anybody else, well then, you know, I would be, I would be, uh, you know, accusing a brother in Christ and that's, you know, not what we do here. We, we have to keep it all in house. And that's kind of the, um, that's kind of the attitude that was had there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that you bring up Matt Chandler, Sam, because there was a guy who went to a church that I was attending, uh, two, two or three years ago. And, uh, I, I remember having, um, a discussion with him over social media about Matt Chandler in particular, because, um, I had, uh, we had done our work on, um, this is more recently, but we had done the work on Matt Chandler, uh, for his profile and put together the, the data to show that conclusively he is in fact woke. I mean, you can't look <laughs> at the microaggressions thing and think that he's not. Um, and uh, I just remember that this guy, instead of just having the neutral, uh, you need to remain neutral about this perpetually, he was just shocked that, and, and appalled, you know, disgusted, horrified even, that I would suggest that someone, you know, like Matt Chandler, wouldn't be preaching the gospel uh, in a in a true and unblemished fashion um, because this guy was just such a big Matt Chandler fan and he couldn't he couldn't possibly believe that they're you know and, and he started to buy into Matt Chandler's woke stuff which was mm. just kind of insane to me because he was going to a church that at the that has stayed away from the woke stuff for the most part I haven't seen um, any real hints of genuine wokeism at that church, even to this day, maybe some pietism, but not wokeism. Um, and, uh, and yet this guy who had been raised in this church, who's now a youth pastor out somewhere in Illinois, uh, in the Chicago area, he, he has this, he has adopted some of these tenets of critical race theory as a result, um, because he gave this guy benefit of the doubt to the point where it's a favorable viewpoint of him. And yeah. uh, he was trying to persuade me to do the same thing. So, yeah, I, I've seen it both ways. Uh, I've, I've heard it both ways, as uh, some psych fans might say. <laughs> you, you know, one of the things uh, that I think that's interesting about this is that true benefit of the doubt, um, it, it, in it properly being used, it's more about making a properly informed dis, uh, conclusion and less about improperly judging them. Whereas in the woke seem to always be trying to get you to improperly judge. You know, you, you should be favorable towards Matt Chandler because I mean, he's Matt Chandler. Wow. You know, you, you should, <laughs> uh, you, you know, be neutral towards, uh, James Cone because I haven't read him yet. And so John Harris, you ought to, you know, even if you have read him, you ought to be neutral. Even if you've done your research, I haven't. So we, you need to be neutral. I, that's what Neil Shenby yeah. was saying to John Harris. He was appealing to ignorance, trying to think that that was actually a, a point of logic, but it was actually a fallacy. Um, <laughs> that's right. And, and that, that is something that they'll, they'll do quite a bit is because they're not interested in finding out an informed conclusion. They're interested simply in making sure that you make an improper judgment. That, that you go and do what they want. They've already concluded it. It's, it's the idea that they're abusing giving the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. That's right. Yeah. And so, so something, something you mentioned there, again, the, the, the Shenvi thing about kind of the appeal to ignorance. That is something that I see people use when, when they say benefit of the doubt, Quite often they're saying 
not again, not the suspending judgment until you remove that doubt, but it's the what you do know already, the existing evidence you have, you need to chuck it out the window. Not only do you take the stance of, you know, positive or neutral, but you need to jettison any information to the contrary. It is get you to only have doubt, only exist in a space of right. ignorance. Uh, and it, it's shocking to me. I, 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 again, to, to talk about someone like Nick Leo Shenby, we brought him up multiple times. I don't think any of us think he's a, a stupid person. In fact, he's, you know, he, what is his degree? He has a very advanced degree. Uh, I think it's in mathematics. It's some, it's mathematics or physics. Uh, not a stupid man. No. Intelligent man. Uh, in fact, I don't think any of us would say he's woke. And he said good things in regards to uh, opposing critical race theory. But he has a massive blind spot. And what is that blind spot rooted in? It's rooted in benefit of the doubt to the point where he's put himself into an ignorant position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that con- perpetual ignorance that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Like, uh, I don't know what James Cone said because I haven't read it while John Harris is quite mm-hmm. literally reading James Cone out loud yeah. to him. Um, he's he's and, like that, momentarily adopting a uh, standpoint epistemology. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, another point that gets brought up with this is uh, reading charitably. This is one that I hear all the time, bro. You've got to yeah. li- you got to read what he says charitably because, oh man, you just Why? didn't read him charitably. The reality is, first of all, the Bible nowhere says read charitably. Um, that's not ever, ever once mentioned in Scripture. So that is not Fourth a moral John position. Three, two. Yeah, or um, <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's right. Or Second Revelation, maybe. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's Hezekiah. But, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the um, the the reality is that you know, if the Bible has not made a, a a law, if God has not set Himself a law or set a law for us, sorry, excuse me, um, has if He hasn't set a law for us in Scripture or a commandment in Scripture then we can conclude that if somebody else commands us to do X and it is not a commandment of God, that it's simply not of God. It's not a moral yeah. imperative. God is very clear about what we are to, how we are to live. One of the things he doesn't say to do is to read charitably. Well, why is that? Why wouldn't God say to read charitably if that is a moral imperative? Well, the reality is this. If you're reading somebody charitably, you are assuming that they have... A, the best of intentions, and B, the best information, um, or they've used the information that they have to the best of their ability for the best purposes and the best reasons. Well, anybody who admits that man is even slightly depraved, you don't have to be a Calvinist to understand this, but you do have to admit that there is depravity that exists within the heart of man that all have fallen short of the glory of God. If you recognize that, then none of us can truly take a position of total charity when interpreting the work of other people, because Mm -hmm. the reality is we live in a fallen world. And even if people don't intend to, they will sin and they will. There are such things as unintentional sins and they will um, inevitably fall. And so we can we can recognize that there are errors in in even the things that we um even the writings of people that we like, like I, I'm not going to sit there and defend everything that C.S. Lewis ever said. I enjoy a lot of what C.S. Lewis has written, but there are going to be places where C.S. Lewis has erred. Um, and I think that there are some places where he erred. They, they may be few and far between in comparison to the woke, but the reality is we should never assume that somebody is always 100% of the time sinless. That's just yeah. not an assumption that we're supposed to make. We're supposed to, understand the sin nature of man and then through that lens of understanding yes it's totally possible for these people to have sinned then make judgments based on the available evidence that is there you you, you know one of the great ironies that i find in when people shout you need to read charitably is that (laughs) they're never reading what i say charitably ever yeah have you have you guys noticed that that if it's a moral imperative to read charitably, how come I'm never read charitably? <laughs> like I'm I'm going well. What, why do you think that I'm happy that this person 
is in sin and wants to, or, and is going to hell. I don't want that person to go to hell. Charity I, I, for me, but not for the, like, like you should be charitable enough to understand that the reason I'm pointing out this error is because I want to see people come to the truth, not mm-hmm. because I hate them. But, but have you noticed well, that, that so, they, they're, they're not, yeah, well, whatever they shout. Yeah. Read I, I've noticed that a lot. And, and it's, it's this idea of reading charitably rather than reading honestly and truthfully. Yeah. There difference. you go. Right and, there. Now, it also doesn't mean avoiding judgment. In fact, I think this is important. Giving the benefit of the doubt, and, and Kyle, I, I think that you could maybe expand on this a little bit, but giving the benefit of the doubt, by definition, is suspending judgment for a time. Mm-hmm. It's not suspending it indefinitely, and so by definition, it can't be against judgment. It's just waiting for a little bit. Isn't am I getting yeah. that right? Well, I mean, I go further than that. It's about judgment mm-hmm. because you're to su- temporarily suspend the judgment until you get all the necessary information. Implies what that you will come to a point where you do make a final judgment. So to give the benefit of the doubt accurately, to use that term accurately, you have to be willing to do what? Judge. So again, I mean, we've kind of, we've, we've brought all these things up already, but it's about right judgment. It's not about don't judge. It's not about don't be judgy. It's not about don't take a negative judgment. It's judge rightly. And when you come to a spot, again, where you have your information, what they said, but there's a gap and you go, hold on. And this is something that I think we we strive to do here at Wikipedia. Hold on. What is missing in this gap? And does that affect where the, you know, we, we just shot an arrow. It's flying. And it's about to hit a certain point. Is there something there? Is there a, you know, a bunch of leaves or something that are going to throw it off course and it's going to land slightly askew from where you might think it's going to hit? It's answering that question, but then you still follow the arrow to its impact point and you're willing Mm, to say, that's where the arrow just hit. You take a stand, you do judge. It's not denial of reality. It's not denial, no. It's affirmation of reality and it's the temporary suspension of judgment until we know reality and so mm-hmm. yeah i i 100 agree yeah uh i mean I, i'm right there with you guys I'm, I'm gonna give you guys the benefit of the doubt that you guys know what you're talking about <laughs> on this one oh. and uh <laughs> you, I, you knew i had to get one more one more good joke in here before we uh uh we we, we signed off but anything else we well, need thanks to say for listening charitably Oh my goodness. Okay. That I, I think you guys need to, too much, to go to it? bed now. Um, yeah. no, I think we, we've covered things pretty well. I hope people can see that there is a time to get better to the doubt, but it's not the way that the woke use it to try and get your defenses down, to try and get you to side with them, to try and get you to, uh, live in a state of ignorance to the point where a very intelligent man Suddenly, once he engages a certain topic, boom, basically the brain and the the reasoning functions change. They shift into like like I mentioned, it's kind of like a temporary uh, standpoint epistemology. I'm going to temporarily adopt this new view of truth because I have to. I have to read charitably. I have to give the benefit of the doubt. I have to. I can't be critical. I can't be this and that. Um, but you know, have you, have you experienced this? Uh, if you have contact us, contact Wikipedia at gmail.com. If you've seen examples of this, let us know. We'd be very curious to hear about that, hear about, uh, other people's examples here. If you know, this is more than just our experience. Does this correspond with reality? Now, I think we're all pretty confident that it does, but we do want to hear from you. Absolutely. And well, thank everybody for listening. Uh, 
And I mean, you've been listening to Wikipedia podcast. Follow us on all the places you follow podcasts on because you can find us there. And of course, if there's a place to give us a review or a thumbs up or a like or whatever it might be, do that. Make sure you also like our Facebook page uh, at Wikipedia. If you look that up on Facebook, I think we're the only thing that comes up. Uh, so go ahead and and like us there and follow us because we've got big things planned for this uh, this coming year. This is uh, mm-hmm. Christmas season, so get your Christmas wish list in because we've got ours in, and there are some big things. Santa's not bringing it, but there are some big things <laughs> that are coming here uh, from Wikipedia going forward, and we're excited to share those with you. And make sure you go check out enemieswithinthechurch.com. You'll find out all that cool stuff at enemieswithinthechurch.com. You can find our articles. You can find our radio shows. You can find our, our podcast. You can find all that stuff at enemieswithinthechurch.com. So check that out. And thanks for listening. Keep standing for the truth. I kind of forgot my tagline there, guys. So, (laughs) (laughs) keep standing for the truth. And as always, give the benefit of the doubt. No, just kidding. Don't go woke.